Hello, people. Welcome to the start of something new. Um, this is a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. I've recently just been having this urge to just talk. I was on this podcast yesterday and felt really good just to tell my story and share some opinions, share some thoughts. Um, yeah, I really don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just sitting here in my lawn chair, just talking to a camera, a microphone. So I want to start by talking about kind of my life up until now, who I am. You know, if you follow me on YouTube or TikTok, maybe you don't know the backstory, but I do a lot of traveling. I like to travel the world. I've only been to 11 countries as of now, but hopefully we're going to change that pretty soon. Um, I lived in Japan for a year. I taught English there. I lived in Colombia for four months. I lived out of my car in the U.S. for five, six months, depending on how you count it. And I just love to travel. I just love to be around new people, new places, new foods, new drinks, new environments. It's just very refreshing for me. And... I was telling someone the other day, I think travel is medicine for me. It just makes me feel a thousand times better. Whenever I'm feeling stuck in life, whenever I have doubts, whenever I'm not happy with where I am, I just just leave. Just buy a plane ticket and just fucking send it. Um, that's actually how I ended up in Colombia. Um, I applied to some job. And they're like, we'll get back to you in like three weeks. And I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to sit at home for three weeks. I'm going to go to Colombia. And it's cheap enough to where I wasn't super worried about the prices of things or what have you. So, yeah, I just left. Original plan was to go there for three weeks. I met a girl in Cartagena. Decided to stay for like three extra days. I was like, yeah, we're getting along. Might as well stay. And things kept going well. So I decided to stay a little longer. I extended my flight for like another week. And I was like, fuck it. Let's go to Medellin while, while I have some time. And so I went to Medellin. I loved Medellin. The Wi-Fi was great. The people are super open. The, the atmosphere of everything is just super open and warm. I love the people of Colombia. The climate is great in Medellin. It's always springtime. And yeah, dude, I just fell in love with it. And while I was there, my, my like future bosses told me, hey, you got the job? You're going to start on this day. And I was like, all right, well, bought my return ticket home. And I was like, all right, here we go. I got to go home. Time to wrap up the story. And I got in the Uber. I went to the airport. They dropped me off. I went through security and everything. And while I was in line for the plane, my girlfriend texted me and she's like, or, sorry, my boss emailed me and was like, hey, we're going to have you start this day. Here's all your security measures. Here's how you're going to log in to the work website, whatever, whatever, bullshit. And my girlfriend has a experience in IT, or she's a, she's a programmer, so she knows a little bit about computers, and fucking, she's like, no, you could just spoof your location. Like, you don't have to actually be in the States. Because the issue was, for liability purposes, they wanted me to work in the States, even though it was a remote job. Which, right, it's, it's stupid as fuck, especially after COVID. Um, 
I just didn't really see the point of being in the States. I'm like, I can do this from anywhere, so I'm going to do this from Colombia. So I was in line for the, the plane, and I, like, boarded. I fucking gave them my ticket and everything. And then I'm on the phone with my girlfriend, and I'm like, hey, like, can I do this? Like, are you sure I can do this? Are you sure? And she's like, I'm pretty sure. And sure enough, I just got off the plane. I just left. And at the time, I felt like I was doing something kind of stupid. You know that feeling, like, when you're kind of low-key having a panic attack and you can't, like, feel your legs? And you're like, how am I even walking right now? You're just so, like, out of it. That's the way I felt. I just felt in shock, complete shock that I had just done that. Felt a little dumb. Because for so long... I was thinking, oh, I need to get this good job. I need to work in corporate America. I need to work a nine to five. My life has no structure. Um, and I was like, damn, I, am I throwing that all away for a girl and a country right now? I don't know. <laughs> History. Time will tell. But um, yeah, so I ended up just working remote from Columbia. I got a VPN. They didn't know that I was there, thank God. Which was pretty tough because Colombia is a really loud country. Like there's these guys that sell avocados and mangoes and they're like fruit vendors. And they have like a little cart. And they have a speaker. They have a big speaker with a microphone. And they're just shouting. They are shouting into the speaker. It's like they don't know that they have a microphone on their fucking face. They are screaming into the speaker. Aguacate, aguacate, maduro. Piña, piña, dos mil. They're like trying to sell you fruit. And they're shouting. And it's very hard to conceal that noise when you're working in a city, right? They, they come around every five minutes. Sometimes one guy will be coming like south on the street and another guy's going north. And they'll run into each other. So they have like two guys screaming into a loudspeaker. Please buy these aguacates. Please buy these avocados. It's very loud. It's a very loud country. It was very difficult, very nerve-wracking to conceal the fact that I was in Latin America. But I just had this, like, backstory. I was like, oh, yeah, I live in, like, Gainesville, Georgia, where there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of Latinos here and blah, blah, blah. And I had this whole, like, plan B conjured up in my mind if they're ever like, Connor, why is it so loud where you are? <laughs> so that's that. Um, pretty nerve-wracking. Uh, I don't know if I broke any laws. I don't know if that's going to come back to haunt me. I don't know, but whatever. But I'm obviously not in Colombia right now. Um, so why did I leave? Well, I hated the job. From day one, the job was complete shit. It was just paperwork. Just kind of... And I don't want to be too specific here because I don't want the bosses to see this and whatever HR corporate I don't know how the fuck that works but I don't want whatever so I won't be too specific but I hated the job with all of my heart I hated that job every single day it was so incredibly boring it was just paperwork so I had to sit inside in this beautiful country Colombia and Medellin where it's perfect weather every day sometimes it rains but we're not going to talk about that Anyways, a beautiful country, and I'm just sitting inside, typing away like a little monkey slave. I felt like a rat, just like spinning on a wheel all day, just like, 
And my bosses were like poking me like, be more productive, be more productive. You're not producing enough for us. Be more productive. It was terrible, dude. Terrible. I, I really felt like some kind of, they were just using me. I have this joke I tell my friends. It's like the more I work in corporate America, the more I want to be a communist. <laughs> They're just using you, bro. They're using you, man. I don't know if any of you guys work at a corporate job and you feel the same way. And obviously my experience is limited. You know, I've barely been employed since I graduated college. So take it with a grain of salt. But from my experience, I fucking hate working in corporate America. Anyways, enough of that. So anyways, I hated the job. I did a piss poor effort every single day because they would they would call me in like once a week and they're like, hey, Connor, by the way, you're still not really giving us enough. Like you're still new here, so we'll give you some leniency, but you need to produce more. Like next week, can you can you give us a little more? And I'm like, yeah, sure, boss. Hey, okay, whatever you say. And that continued for two and a half months until one day they fired me. I did such a bad job, they had to fire me. They would have rather trained someone for two weeks, paid them a full salary for two weeks, instead of having me continue to try to do the job they were asking me to do. Yeah. I think most people would be a little ashamed of that, but honestly, I'm proud. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. I did not succumb to the corporate bullshit pressure. And you know what? It's sad because like everybody I worked with seemed like they were cool at one time, but they were all just cogs in a machine, man. I mean, I know like we just, it was remote and I couldn't really get to know them, whatever, but they just all seemed bland as fuck, dude. Like they had nothing interesting going on. They were just like all about work, man. I'm like, what are you doing this weekend? They're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to take my dog to the dog park and I'm going to clean the toilet. I'm like, what? You work this boring ass job and you don't have any inclination to have an adventure on the weekends. You don't want to, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't mean to offend anybody. If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. But it just was not for me. It was not for me, man. And actually, funny enough, I fucking was going to quit the day they fired me. I know that sounds like a lie. I know that sounds fake. But I had a whole note written up. And I told my girlfriend, because she had been staying with me, I was like, I'm going to quit today, baby. I'm done after today. And we were like planning what we're going to do. We're going to go on these trips. We're going to ride our motorcycles across Columbia. And I fucking clocked in. Um, I had a meeting scheduled for the boss, like a, like a weekly checkup meeting, whatever, with the boss at like 10 a.m., God, I really hope I'm not being too specific here. I don't want to narc on myself, but I had a meeting scheduled for the middle of the day. And the boss video called me right when I clocked in. And she's like, hey, Connor, it's your last day here. You're not doing good enough. So just clock out and we'll send you your termination papers. And I said, thank you. See you later. And that was it. A very liberating moment. Really changed my life. Because from that point on, I just started sending it. I had about a month left in Colombia at the time. Took my dirt bike all over the place. Hiked up some volcanoes. Uh, if you want to see those videos, check out my YouTube, McBeats13. 
please subscribe. I'm not making any money on YouTube yet, and uh, it's a struggle. Anyways, go there and go there and subscribe. Support your boy. But yeah, ever since I got once I got fired, I just started sending it. Just living life, going out dancing. Took some salsa lessons, hiked, drank ayahuasca. Um, yeah, just had the adventure of a lifetime. Thank, thankfully, I was fired from that job. Anyways, that's the last job I've had. Since then, I've just been like making YouTube videos. I was on a podcast yesterday. I'll drop the link in the bio of this. Um, I'm just trying to like make a living for myself, just telling stories and, and traveling. So hopefully, it turns into something. Uh, what else? Yeah, when I was in Colombia. You might find this interesting. I took ayahuasca, did it twice. Um, first time was very transformative. So I found this random group of people on this WhatsApp group and didn't know anybody, never had met any of them, but they're like, yeah, we're gonna go drink ayahuasca this weekend. I was like, all right, count me in. And we drove up into the hills of Medellin in a little town, in a little town called Santa Elena. And we went to the shaman's house, like a thatch hut. And we went around the circle, talked about why we were drinking ayahuasca. And we drank it. It tasted like very thick cough syrup. It tasted like medicine, because it is medicine. It is, if you didn't know that. Tasted pretty bad, and you could feel it like dripping down your throat, into your esophagus, into your stomach. You could feel every drip. It was very difficult to digest, to say the least. And what else? Yeah, so after about 20 minutes, I started feeling a lot of love and compassion and lots of openness and warmth for my family and for, for deceased relatives, and it's very beautiful, beautiful 20 or 30 minutes. And then I threw up, violently, as one does on ayahuasca. And then the effects slowly wore off, and I was kind of back to normal-ish. Um, so I drank another cup. I drank two cups, in total. And... Right after I drank that second cup, dude, I was like, what have I done? I just took one of the strongest psychedelics on the planet. I just took a double dose the first time I drank it. And I had this thought, and then I started to feel intense fear and doubt and darkness. And I was like, no, 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 I'll be okay, I'll be okay. And I, I go to lay down... You know, they have little cots for you, and it's it's really, it's a comfortable little bed. Or not really, it's the fucking floor. I was sleeping on the floor, but it was comfortable at the time. So I get in my bed, and I'm like, all right, this is going to be fine. It's all good. You can handle this. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Because what happened was, that fear and darkness and doubt and anxiety overcame me completely. Completely. I was in the darkest place I have ever been in my life. Slowly but surely. So, 
The thing with ayahuasca, and if you've never done psychedelics, bear with me, okay? Because this is just how it feels, okay? So there's a lady that appears who is Mother Nature, and Mother Nature guides you through the trip. And at first, when I was with my family, and like the, after I drank the first cup, she was very loving, she was warm, she was, she was stroking me like, like a mother does an infant. Sounds weird, I know, but it's what happened. And I felt her warmth, I felt her presence, I felt her love. Second cup, she appeared like a coy temptress. And she was like, hey, come with me. I have something to show you. And I was like, where are we going? And she's like, come here, down here. And she was kind of motioning towards, let's go down here. Let's go lower. So I'm like, okay. I follow her for a bit. Oh, it's dark. Oh, it's scary. Oh, this is pure darkness and fear. And let's not, let's, let's not go there. Let's. It's like, why, uh, why do you want to take me here? No answer. No answer. Just, just come here. Come here. Let's go. Let's go deeper. So, okay. Go a little deeper. Scarier, darker. And that process continues for hours. And we get, I get so low and so dark and so scared. It was it wasn't even fear. It was just pure darkness. It was, it was shapeless. It didn't have any bearing on the physical world. Because I was asking her, I was like, well, what about my relationships? What about my job? What about all these things I came to you to fix? And she's like, no. Nope. Deeper. And that's all she said. So I know it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Even explaining it, it's a little confusing. But... It was shapeless, it was formless, it was pure darkness. And I got so low, I remember sitting down and feeling like I was being, bear with me, like I was being literally raped by Mother Nature. I was being full on assaulted, dude, attacked. For what, at the time, was no reason. I was like, this is just abuse. And, uh, god damn, this sounds so weird. <laughs> if you're still watching, you're a real one. I appreciate you. <sighs> and, dude, I don't know how much detail I want to go into here. This is my first podcast. I don't know how much I can handle. Whatever, fuck it, I'm gonna keep it real. So... <laughs> I couldn't even walk. I went to go to the bathroom and I was sitting on the toilet and I was like, all right, time to get up from this shit. I try to stand up. I can't even stand up, dude. I had no control over my motor functions. My hand, my pants are around my ankles. I could not move. I was just sort of beating on this, on the stall. Amigo, amigo. Cause they have like helpers that'll come around and assist you and whatever. So I'm just banging on this fucking stall, dude. Like, amigo, please help me. And no one comes. I think he had gone back inside because he didn't realize how deep I was in the medicine. And so I fucking get up from the toilet, my pants around my ankles, waddle over to the door. I think I had maybe gotten my boxers on. I was not completely naked. 
And I just start banging on the door to the hut, like, someone please fucking help me. I cannot even walk right now. Sure enough, he comes out, and I, like, point to my pants. I'm like, dude, in my broken, like, tripping balls Spanish, I was like, please help me put my pants on. And he's like, nah, dude, you got it. I'm not doing that. So I just, like, haphazardly pulled up my pants. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't really know what was going on. Um... And I went back inside, and I was like, you know what? That got real. That got really deep. That was super dark. And thank God I'm through it. And I laid down, and I'm like, man, that was whew, that was the hardest thing I've probably ever done. And sure enough, Mama Yahe takes me right back. We're going deeper. We're going lower. We're going darker. And I just continued to be abused. And slowly... I started to come out of it. Slowly I started to come out of it. And as I was coming out, she would pull me down again. It, it's, it sounds so weird. I know this sounds so weird just talking about it, but this is what I experienced. So she would pull me down again. And it got to a certain point where I was like becoming proud of myself. Like I had, I just did that. I handled that. I'm still standing. I went through the most painful, dark experience of my life. Hands down, hands fucking down. It was so hard and so painful, but I'm still here. I'm here and I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm a living human being. I have a body, I have a mind, I'm still here. I just got completely attacked by Mother Nature, the strongest force on the planet. And she chose to put me through the ringer, and I am still here. And I felt intense pride. I was proud of myself. I just did that shit. I'm not going to say I won, because no one really ever... Yeah, my fucking camera died, so I had to charge it up. But anyways, where were we? We are talking about ayahuasca. Oh yeah, when I was coming out of it. So I'd just gone through this incredibly difficult, painful, dark experience. And slowly coming out of it, and I'm realizing... Oh, I'm still here. I'm still alive. I won this round. That doesn't really describe it that well. Because I didn't feel like I won. Because I know you never win against nature. Never. Nature always wins. Nature will kill you. Nature will ultimately win that fight. So I didn't think, oh, I won. I was just like, dude, I am still here. I made it. I did the hardest thing I've ever been through, and I am still here. And I started rejoicing in my own weird way. Because like I said, ayahuasca spirit is like, it's like a female, right? So I was like, you bitch, you bitch, you showed me. You showed me. Because this sounds really weird. Is anyone even watching this? Is anyone listening? I don't know. I think it's interesting though. 
So when we were at the lowest, when I was like really down in there, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm done fighting. Just show me. Just show me what it is you want to show me. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Just take me there. God damn it. Just take me where you think it is I should go. And she did. She took me real deep, real dark. And so when I was coming out of it, I was like, you showed me. You fucking showed me. I saw how bad it can get. It can get real bad. It can get way worse than you think it can. And I'm not saying I've experienced the limit of human suffering. I know there are levels to this shit. But for me, that was by far the hardest thing I have done. And I made it. And I just felt pride. I started screaming like, you bitch, you showed me. I started throwing my shoes. I started throwing shit all around. I was rejoicing. I was rejoicing. I had made it. So I took ayahuasca a second time. And I don't know, maybe I'll save that for another podcast, another video. My, my fucking camera is like overheating and I don't know if I could manage to do this. For, I don't think I can manage to do this for much longer. But just know I did it again. That experience did not turn me off of plant medicine. Because honestly, it is medicine and I felt healed. I felt healed after I took Yahe. I felt better with myself and my life and my, my circumstances. I just felt much better. It's medicine. Usually I was walking around like, so at the time I told you it was the shapeless fear of this darkness. I had no idea why. She didn't give me any reasons. It felt pointless. But then after I left the, the hut and I continued with daily life, I felt much more confident in all types of situations. I just felt strong as fuck. I just felt confident. I just felt really proud of myself. And going forward, like after leaving the hut, kind of integrating into daily life was easy. Life was easy, dude. Like things that used to make me anxious didn't at all. They just disappeared. I used to suffer from generalized anxiety disorder. Well, I still do a little bit. But those few weeks after I took Yahe, I... It... So my anxiety kind of manifests itself in like a, a physical feeling, like usually a really bright feeling in my stomach, almost like almost like butterflies, but less pleasant. Or I'll feel it in my hands, or I'll get lightheaded if I'm having a panic attack. And you know, tightness in my chest, and sometimes it, it felt like I was being choked by my anxiety. And that just disappeared. The, the physical manifestations of anxiety were completely gone. Or if they did show up, they would pass. They would, they, would, they would flicker on for a second and just go away. Like magic. Like years, years of therapy in four hours. Yeah, life-changing. And, you know, I'm not making this video to say you should take ayahuasca, but... For me, it was absolutely worth it. It was one of the most transformative experiences of my life. Also the shittiest experience of my life. Both are true. 
But I, once I was able to like reconcile with my darkness, once I was able to understand how bad it can get, and then that darkness was not coming from an external source. Well, I mean, I had taken ayahuasca, but I believe that darkness was in me already. And I was just being shown that darkness. And I had to reconcile with it. And that's part of me. It's part of being a human being and it's beautiful. And you have to embrace that shit. A lot of people these days are really all about like, you know, safe spaces and like never feel uncomfortable and never, no one will say this, but a lot of people don't want to be challenged. They want things to be easy. They want things to be handed to them. But the thing is, like, if you're not willing to go through the ringer, if you're not willing to face your darkness and look at them directly in the face, you're missing out on a big part of life, which is struggle. And once I was able to go that low and go that dark and that deep, now I'm able to go in the opposite direction. Like I, I'm holding a camera, so I would use both my hands, but it feels like a tree. You're growing up and down at the same time. The more, the deeper your roots go, the higher you can grow. Um, I promise I'm not trying to sound cheesy, but this is really how I feel. So now I just feel like I have a much bigger capacity for happiness. I feel much happier now. Because I can also feel very shitty. You know, so maybe you don't have access to ayahuasca, although it's, it's around. You can find it in the States. Um, you know, maybe you're not going to do it. I'm not telling you to do it. Everybody's different. Everyone's on a different life path. But it helped me tremendously, dude. And... Yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I don't know what my point was. What was my point? When you resist feeling a negative emotion, you are simultaneously resisting happiness. If you truly feel sad, if you just had a relative die, or if you just got dumped, or if you just lost your job, and you are truly sad, you have to feel that shit. Everybody has something. And I am not saying that it's easy. It's easy. It is hard as fuck. It's the hardest thing I have ever done. And I continue to struggle with it. But that one experience showed me just, just because how good I felt, dude. How much better I feel even to this day. It's been months since I've taken Yahe. I feel so much better. Things that used to give me all this anxiety, that used to keep me from talking to strangers, that used to keep me from going to places... They don't bother me anymore. And that's not that's not to say my anxiety is like completely gone because it comes and goes, but it is at a much more tolerable level. And it's because I allowed myself to to wade into the shit, to go to a really dark place that I didn't think I could handle. But you know what? I fucking handled it like a man. So... When you, next time you feel uncomfortable, next time you feel scared, investigate it, feel it, allow yourself 
to be a human being that feels fear. Allow yourself to be a human being that feels however it is you feel. And you don't have to justify it. You don't have to rationalize it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to feel it. It's there for a reason. It didn't come out of nowhere. <sighs> you know, we there's like this popular idea in our culture right now that like no one should ever feel uncomfortable. And I think that's really incorrect. I think the best shit happens, the most growth, the most... And the thing is, when I was coming out of that ayahuasca journey, I felt intense happiness, joy, glee. I was so happy to be alive, to be off of ayahuasca. <laughs> I was so happy to interact with my loved ones. I was so happy to go on hikes and just happy to be alive, man. Because it's, that's the beautiful thing about being alive. Like sometimes it is very difficult and very dark and that's just part of being a human dude. And you have to accept that. And if you don't accept that, you're gonna be holding yourself back from happiness. The hardest thing to feel is sadness and doubt and fear. But if you can accept those, what happens when you feel happy? What happens when you get a new job? What happens when the girl you ask out says yes? You're going to feel it even more. You're going to be, I, I truly believe, you will just be a more well-rounded person because you can feel good and you can feel dark. So, is anyone, is anyone still listening? I don't know. Well, that took a turn. I didn't mean this to turn into a lecture or whatever. Live your life however you want to live, but this has worked for me tremendously. Wow, I really started that just trying to fucking talk about my experience with ayahuasca and it turned into a whole ass lecture. I'm not going to say sorry. I'm not sorry, but that was just very different than what I thought it was going to be. So hopefully you, you're still here. Thank you, friends. Well, anyways, I don't really know what I'm doing. I, uh, I don't know how to wrap this up. I've never done this, but Thanks for watching or listening or whatever. Thank you for taking a risk on Baby's First Podcast. I don't know what the future holds for this. I have no plans. I just kind of wanted to vent. Anyways, that's it for now. Um, I guess I do have some kind of plans. I would like to maybe take this on the road and interview people on the road. I think that'd be cool. What do you guys think? I would love to hear your ideas because I have not many. So, all right. Thanks, guys. See ya.